You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. Kevin is back up in this episode, sharing truth from scriptures to satisfy our craving with another episode of the Summer Smorgasbord Series. If you have questions and want to continue the conversation, send us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com or leave us a comment. We also depend on listeners like you to keep the conversation going, so take a moment and consider what it would look like to partner with us by visiting thewholetestament.com and clicking on the Donate tab. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Summer Smorgasbord. This is Kevin Kevin Beckinstead, and uh, we've been kind of doing these uh, little one-off teachings through the summer and hope you're, hope you're enjoying them. Uh, they've been great so far. And... Uh, so I had a, some thoughts. So we talk in the, you know, in the whole Testament, we talk about the scriptures telling a, a unified story and how this, the, all of scripture is following a, a common story. Um, one of the, probably one of the greatest quotes that it, uh, I've heard in quite some time was from Michael Heiser, the late great Michael Heiser. He said, he said, we should read the Bible as if it is fiction, even though it is not. So let me repeat that for you. We should read our Bible as though it is fiction, even though it is not. So what does he mean by that? So, so what he's getting at is that even though the scriptures, when we, when we look at our Bible and we read the scriptures, it's truth. You know, obviously we wouldn't be doing the whole Testament podcast if we didn't believe it was true. Okay. So what, what he's getting at though, is that it, even though it is true, we should read it in a thematic, almost like a, a novel kind of style. And any of you that are readers and any of, uh, if you read a novel, the author drops little nuggets at certain points in the narrative because the author wants you to hold that or hold it as a, a placeholder in your mind so that he can reference it later on. So as a, for instance, um, if you've watched uh, like a movie or something, you notice like there are these, these little scenes that get dropped in or somebody will say a phrase or they'll say a word or they'll talk about a place and you're, you're sitting there, okay, well, what is that about? And then any good author will come back and show you why that was dropped in there. It could be like, in, especially in a, in a mystery kind of scenario, you've got kind of this odd kind of random interaction between two characters and all of a sudden, they, they rush back and at the very end of the novel, you're like, oh, wow, that was amazing. I can't believe that, you know, that was this and this was that. Or, or there's like a plot twist. But what's crazy about the scriptures is I think a lot of our reading is very, um, can I say granular? And we get down into the weeds, but sometimes we don't see the overarchings of the story. So we don't think of it in terms of as a unified book. We just kind of like do it in chunks. We move from one chunk to the next chunk to the next chunk. But God is actually trying to build an overarching story. And if we read the scriptures that way and we start paying attention to certain words and certain phrases that get dropped in our lap and we connect those with others, then the scriptures really become alive to us. So I'd encourage you as you're reading your Bible, um, I do this now. I've been doing this for a while, but I take a pad of paper and as I'm reading, I'm trying to, I take little notes. I jot down things down, things that pop off the page and I say, okay, well, where is that phrase used somewhere else in that author? Or where is that phrase used um, 
in a different place. And then I try to like make sense and connect the dots and say, okay, now what, what is the Lord trying to communicate through these things? And how is he, how is he using the, these images to uh, get us to see a greater revelation of who he is and who, who his son is, right? Who Jesus is. So, so here, I just kind of wanted to walk you through one that was kind of fun for me. Um, and I've talked about shepherds. So as I've been reading through, I've, been, I've actually been reading through the prophets here, and I've been trying to read 10 pages at a time. And it's not 10 chapters, but just 10 pages. So when I sit down, I'm trying to be a little bit more um, diligent to read bigger chunks of scripture through and then pay attention to things that get dropped. I think sometimes we just read like maybe five verses, and there's a place for that, where we read like five verses and it sinks in deep. But then there are times where we, if we don't read overarching or long sections of scripture, we don't catch the, the thematic overview of the entire scriptures. So anyway, I was reading through the prophets and um, actually it was in Jeremiah. And this phrase kept coming up, the shepherds. And the shepherds of Israel are, I'll say basically not good. Okay, that's, my, <laughs> that's the KBV paraphrase version, right? So they're not good. And they're... they're corrupt, they're offering sacrifices, uh, but their lives do not reflect holiness, all this kind of thing. So there was this shepherd, 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 shepherd. And then what was crazy was I had written down some notes um, as I was thinking through that. And then I ran across other scriptures uh, that came in and were talking about shepherds. So I want to drop I want to drop this and then I want to work it backwards and hopefully you can kind of catch what I'm talking about but but when we talk about Jesus as the good shepherd right so John 10:10 10, 10, I am the good shepherd I lay my da- my life down for the sheep okay so John or John captures Jesus saying that he is the good shepherd so it's kind of I'm kind of I my approach to scripture sometimes is is maybe a little unorthodox but I ask a question Okay, so if Jesus is the good shepherd, then who is the bad shepherd? Or are there bad shepherds, plural, right? So Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. So maybe who's to say, well, if he's the good shepherd, then is he pointing back to a bad shepherd? So I started thinking through this and I started playing with that in my mind. And then Ezekiel 34 popped into my head. And Ezekiel 34, an entire chapter is dedicated to the idea of bad shepherds. And what was crazy in Ezekiel 34 is also a, is an echo of Jeremiah that there are bad shepherds and they were bad shepherds. So you have this example in the prophets of a bad shepherd. And then Jesus arrives on the scene and he says, I am the good shepherd. That kind of, that kind of messed with me. Then I laid on another scripture. So then you kind of, you start adding scriptures on top of scripture. And then it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, which is Psalm 23, which we're very familiar with. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And then we work our way down. It's a mess. Psalm 23 is a messianic Psalm that's pointing to the good shepherd. Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. And John 10 is where it's recorded but it's a backdrop to the prophets who are saying there were bad shepherds. Like basically Malachi, if you read all of Malachi, I don't know I'm giving you tons of scriptures, but if you look through all of Malachi, you'll see the shepherds were not doing their job right. They were not maintaining justice. They were not maintaining holiness. 
They were not offering right sacrifices. So it's, it's like Jesus is coming back and doing a corrective saying, I am the good shepherd. Look at me because all of the prophets have been prophesying up in two and they were seeing a day when the good shepherd would arrive. So let me, let me break off um, a uh, passage here too for Micah chapter two. I will surely assemble you all, Jacob. I will gather the remnant of Israel and I will set them together like sheep in a fold, like a flock in its pasture, a noisy multitude of men. He who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through the past the gate going out by that, going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their hand. The king passes on before them, the Lord at their hand. That was crazy. Then in Micah 4, he also talks about how the shepherd is coming that will make things that were wrong right. So, so, you, so you, can you see the layers? Can you, can you see them? It takes a little bit to see them, but can you start to see all of the prophets? All of the prophets are prophesying and they're saying these are bad shepherds, but someday a good shepherd is gonna come and he is going to right the wrongs. He is going to establish uh, the right kind of shepherd, the right kind of shepherding, the shepherd of our souls, and he's gonna make things right. So then here, here's another one. I'll just layer this on top of the layer, okay? So you got layer on top of layer. Then if you read Isaiah 40, verse 11, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with the young. That's amazing. He is the good shepherd who is coming and... Uh, he is going to shepherd us the right way. Where the shepherds of Israel failed, Jesus will succeed. Where the will of men failed, the will of God will be established in the person of Jesus and he will shepherd the right way. It's amazing. It's just super good. I love it. So I was, I was connecting those and then, and then in my mind, I was, and this is kind of where, I think this is kind of the heartbeat of the, the whole Testament. So as you're reading scriptures, this should remind you of another place. And what's, what's funny is as you read through the scriptures, it says, it, that reminds me of a place where it is written. You'll hear the, the apostles say this. So as I was reading through it, I kind of had that experience. Oh yeah, there's another place where it is written. And if you look at Luke 15, we have, we have the parable that's always known as the, the prodigal son. But actually, it's three three stories in one. There's a there's a sheep, there's a coin, and there's a son. Okay. But what does it say about the shepherd in Luke 15? It says that he goes after, he searches out the shepherd. He searches out the sheep. He puts it on his shoulders, and then he brings it back. And there's great rejoicing because he's found the one. After he's left the 99, he's found the one. Couple that with Isaiah 40, he will lead his sheep. He will put, put them on his back and he will, well, here, I'll read it again. I'll read it again. Uh, he will tend his flock. He will gather his lambs in his arms and he will carry them in his bosom, bosom and gently lead those that are with the young. 
So, so you have a prophetic fulfillment in the life of Jesus in a story that Jesus is telling about the shepherd, which he says is himself in John 10, I am the good shepherd. So the guy, so the, the voices of Ezekiel and Isaiah and Micah and the Psalms are fulfilled in me. That's kind of what Jesus is getting at here. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. So good. So then, so then I did another, I did another layer and I looked at John 21 and when Peter is reading, so we know Peter denied Christ three times. Okay. So in John chapter 21, we read the story of he's reinstated three times. Okay. So there's a reinstatement. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And finally, you know, uh, Peter gets a little annoyed and he's saying, well, you know, Jesus, you know that I love you. You know that I love you. And each time Jesus says, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. So you read that in isolation, you're going, okay, well, 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 Peter is reinstated. And that's an awesome thing. It's a beautiful thing. But then <laughs> here's what absolutely floored me. So I've been reading through the prophets and, and for some reason, I'm just baking right now on 1 Peter 2. I just can't get off of 1 Peter. Or actually all of 1 Peter and 2 Peter, not just 1 Peter 2, but all of it. So, so the, the shepherd language occurs, guess where? In 1 Peter again. And he says, so I extol you elders among you. So the elders, so these would be like the people that should be in charge of people, which was the failure of the prophets of the Old Testament. So I exhort you elders as fellow, uh, as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, partakers of the glory that's to be revealed. Whew, awesome phrase. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those that you're in, in your charge, but being an example to the flock. And whew, here it is. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading glory, a crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Close, clothe yourselves all, all of you with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you see what's happening here? So you have the Old Testament examples of bad shepherds. Jesus shows up and he says, look guys, I am the good shepherd. John 10, 10, uh, or John 10 rather. I am the good shepherd. I'm correcting all of the stuff that ancient Israel and the elders got wrong. I am setting the new path. I'm showing you what real shepherding looks like. Then Peter, who, who's denied the Lord, Jesus comes to him, reinstates him, and then Peter keeps up with this narrative and he says, hey, you elders, you people that are older in your faith, shepherd, well, just like the good shepherd, shepherd God's flock, but do it in a way that Jesus did it, not as the way as the elders or the, the, uh, the priests of the Old Testament did it. All those guys in Malachi that got it wrong, don't do it that way. So, so when we talk about like the whole Testament, we love doing this, but I hope you see the arch. So you have an Old Testament example. And then as you read through the scriptures, the totality of God's revelation, you get a bigger, broad stroke of what God is trying to communicate to us.
So let me just that let me that you know I guess we can turn a corner here and let that be a challenge to you and a challenge to me. If you're a person that has like a small group at your house, or maybe you are a pastor, or maybe you are um, someone that has influence over a group of people, or maybe you just have a group of guys that you get together with, or a group of gals that you get to get together and have a coffee or whatever. Uh, let me encourage you to maybe look at these passages about shepherding and let me encourage you to be a good shepherd, to be a shepherd just like Jesus and to shepherd God's flock with uh, humility, not to be overbearing, but to exhort, to encourage, to be gentle, to be meek, uh, to be humble, you know, and uh, I just bless that over you in Jesus' name. So let's pray. So Lord Jesus, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for uh, all that you're doing in the in us and in the world around us. We see a lot of crazy stuff going on still, Jesus, but we know that you're in charge. We just lift you up. We praise you. And I just pray that you'd bless my friends, those that are listening. In whatever area of influence they find themselves, I just pray that you would uh, help them to be just a good shepherd of those that are entrusted to them. Uh, it could just be some friends that maybe their friends look up to them. Could be a small group leader, could be a pastor. But uh, Lord, just help us to take this uh, idea of good shepherding to, uh, to heart and help us to be like Jesus. Help us to learn the lessons of the past from those that were not good shepherds and uh, help us to apply being a good shepherd to our unique contexts. And we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Whole Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So share the show with your friends and family and be sure to leave a rating and review. You can also find us on all the socials by searching at The Whole Testament. All of our episodes are available at our website and you can listen to them by heading over to thewholetestament.com. The Whole Testament is supported by people like you. To help us continue the conversation, head to thewholetestament.com and click on the donate tab. We'll see you next time.